0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast that is all about helping inspire therapists and connect them with the information they need to build private practices and lives that are happy and lovely. Today, I have the amazing Lauren Hahn uh, with me. Very exciting. She's waving Um, to the few that are listening on the podcast. That's confusing. Um, But for those of you who are watching the video, um, Lauren, do you want to introduce yourself, uh, where you're from, uh, like where your practice is located, your current specialization, um, and um, your website?
1: Yes, yes. So I'm Lauren Hahn. I'm a licensed mental health counselor, and my practice is in beautiful Orlando, Florida, And my specialties are anxiety and trauma. And my website is MindfulLivingCounselingServices.com.
0: Fantastic. And I always love to ask this question. Why, as a starting point, um, why did you decide to become a therapist?
1: Well, um, I guess I would say that... um, Part of that comes from my personal journey of having a lot of anxiety and um, trauma in my history and going to multiple therapists that actually couldn't help me And, um, and having that feeling of, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, who can help me, who can help me, and then finding the therapist that could in fact help me and so much of my stuff just resolving. And, um, yeah, so when I was working with this one particular therapist, I was a teacher at the time and I was like, I, I, this is what I want to do. I want to go back to school. I want to be more in the helping profession with emotional and those types of issues than in the classroom. And so I, I decided to go back to school and become a therapist.
0: Wow. Do you want to give a shout out to that therapist that you're working with? All those yes. Years ago?
1: Yes. Shelly Lynch. She is actually a craniosacral therapist and she was in Orlando and now she's actually in New Smyrna beach, Florida. So oh. yes,
0: absolutely. And what a great story too, of all the different ways <clears throat> that like we can find healing and help and how there's so many different modalities. Um, that can get, that can unleash and unlock us um, and inspire us. I think that's like such a great um, testament um, in that other piece. So how did you choose your niche and your specialty?
1: Well, again, um, so I'd like to back up and say that um, when I was in graduate school, I discovered the name for what I was experiencing, which was attachment trauma and trauma mm. from my childhood. And when I, when I figured that out, when I found the name of what I was struggling with, I was relieved because like, um, I was like, Oh my gosh, there's a name for this. And then I was like kind of pissed because I had gone through so many therapists that couldn't help me that actually, um, you know, and it kind of exacerbated the issue. So When I found this and I found like there was this thing and there were different ways that you can help, you know, people struggling with attachment trauma and obviously big T trauma, I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. I want to help people in this area. And I also learned that through that this type of healing work was beyond the scope of traditional talk therapy that that this type of healing work was going to be at um at, at what I call like at the roots and um and as in in fact um traditional talk therapy could make um make some of these issues worse so, exacerbate it yes yeah exactly I'm <laughs> um, just talking about it or or like the CBT or rational, like, oh, you have nothing to worry about. And I'm like, "Mm, that doesn't help me because I'm so worried. I'm concerned and everything. So, so yeah, so I, um, so I really focused like the last probably 10 years of my life of researching attachment trauma and, um, and learning alternative therapies for helping people with attachment trauma and big T trauma.
0: Mm. And then, um, what happened when you actually went to put that out into the world? What was that like to actually try to like, I mean, when did you launch your private practice? Let's start there.
1: Um,
0: September, 2017. That's so pretty recently. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Isn't that kind of crazy? Like you're not even at, you're at a year and a few months. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. It's, um, uh, yes, it's thank you, boot camp. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, tell us, how, tell us about what your private practice looks like today. So September 2017, you started. What did it look like on day one? And what okay. does it look like today?
1: So on day one, it was, um, I, let's see. I was getting phone calls from people basically from psychology today and some from a couple other referrals from um, within the office that I work. I was saying yes to everyone. Yes, I can help you. Yes, I can help you. Um, And I was sliding my feet way low because I wanted to get people in the door. Um, I was working my butt off because in between sessions, I was researching the clients. If I didn't have experience with their issues. I wanted to make sure that they were getting the care that they need. So I was researching, researching, researching. Um, And then I was also researching, researching, researching business stuff and all of that. So, so in the beginning, I only had a few clients, but it's a good thing because I was spending so much time researching. I didn't have time for more clients in the office anyway. Yeah. So, um, so I, uh, so yeah, it was few clients. Anybody I said yes to, and it was a lot of work. I was just working really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was before mm-hmm. after boot camp. Well, well, let's pause that uh, okay. because you did bring up boot camp, which of
0: course we okay. love to talk about. <laughs> Why did you decide to enroll in boot camp? And obviously, like boot camp, you you started in September camp kind of kicked off in March of, of 2018. Um, a lot of people are like, well, I just started. Like, I'll just give it time. Like, I don't really need to do that yet. Like, why were you so drawn to bootcamp and why did you decide to enroll so early in your process?
1: Well, so because I'm, I'm a... When I love something, I will work really, really hard. And I, um, I'm a worker bee. I love to invest my time and energy into the things that I love. And, um, and I was, I was really over cause I didn't know what I was doing business wise. So I, I, didn't, I didn't have a lot of, uh, like experience running a business or anything like that. So, so I knew I needed to do some research. I, I did a bunch of research. I free, I did podcast free stuff with coaches blogs, all the things. And I had all this information and I was frantically trying to implement everything. Mm. And I was working so hard and I was, again, burning out. like, And I was so new to be burning out but I was working so hard and I was so afraid I was going to miss something or not do the right thing. And, um, and so I put my name actually on the interest list of boot bootcamp um, when I wasn't even quite sure if I was going to do it. <clears throat> but but as time went on I was like how can I not do it because I needed I needed structure and I needed hand holding and I was trying to do everything all at once so I was like I like every time you'd send out an email I would read it and I'd be like oh yes yes <laughs> yes <laughs>
0: They're speaking to me. Why are they in my head? (laughs) But then I
1: was like, oh, my God, maybe I don't have to feel this way anymore. (laughs) Mm. Maybe I can actually know what I'm doing and have a plan and have some structure. mm. So, so yeah, so that was what – that's why. That's why I –
0: And what was the, in the first couple of months after doing bootcamp, before even like the full year, what were the, what were the first things that you started to notice changing for yourself, you know, clinically, business, personally, what were the, the initial like biggest shifts?
1: So, uh, well, there was a bunch. So, but the thing that's kind of popping out to me right now is structure um, I needed, I knew I needed to work on my business. I knew I still needed to, you know, work on clinical skills and consultation and research and all of that. Cause I love, I love doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I, I, I couldn't figure out how to structure it all. So one mm-hmm. of the first things I learned in boot camp is I think I had to download a calendar and actually put in the calendar when I was going to do like everything from my grocery shopping to mm-hmm. business planning, to marketing, to this, to that, to the other, and um, and this gave me a structure to work from and a way to organize my um, and organize and create space for all of the different things that I was doing,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, and now I do. I have, you know, this is my marketing time. This is my blog writing time. This is the time that I go get consultation. This is the time I work on client research. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so now, I don't, now I'm not, in one thing, being pulled into the other thing and feeling like, oh, well, maybe I should stop this and go do that. I'm like, no, this is what I'm doing now. And then mm-hmm. when I finish this or, you know, when this time is up, then I move on. Yeah. And- I
0: know that there's time for those other things. I'm not missing out on anything. It's okay. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that the even the personal stuff Um, because a lot of therapists when I go into private practice, they forget to leave space for the personal things. Like when do I get groceries and when do I like get some exercise and like eat lunch, like food? (laughs) You mean I can't see 10 clients a day and like not ever eat or go to the bathroom? No, that's not good. That's not good at all. Awesome. And what does your practice look like today? So Um, We're in the beginning of February the 11th, um, I think, of um, 2019. And what does your practice look like?
1: So I am almost full. For me, full is 18 clients, which I have to say, I also didn't know what that number was before. And so Mm -hmm. now I know what my my limit is. Um, I am not accepting any more sliding scale clients. Mm-hmm. I have still a few that I'm working with um from when we started but um and so that's fine but I won't be accepting any more at this time. Mm-hmm. Um I have I, so when I first started um doing boot camp I stopped taking any more sliding scale clients. Mm-hmm. Um I started asking for my full rate and um and I was blown away by the fact that people were paying my full rate, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like, they were like, okay, Um, and so, so now, um, so now most of my clients are full fee, and by the way, I just raised my rate again, Mm
0: -hmm. or no, I
1: I wouldn't say I raised my rate before, I would say that I asked for my full rate for everybody, and now I just raised my rate, and Mm -hmm. no one left me, Mm -hmm. my clients are gone, they're all still with me, Um, new clients are, are also um, willing to pay my rate. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, you know, I also want to say that one of the other benefits of, of knowing who your ideal client is, Mm -hmm. is I have refined my clinical skills. Mm -hmm. And so now, um, whereas I may have not had the confidence to ask for my full fee or definitely not raise my rates, Mm -hmm. Because all of my time and energy is going towards anxiety and trauma. That's where I spend my time, my consultation, my blog writing. And so now it's like, these are my people. My website is very clear. So anyway, saying all of this to say that that has helped develop my confidence. Mm -hmm. And so asking for my full rate and raising my rate were not as big of a deal as if I would have been had I not known who my people were
0: yeah well if you were still feeling like unsure of whether you could help people right like when you're accepting someone and then going and frantically researching well what is the best way to help them because like I hear at the core I don't want people to have the experience that I had in therapy I don't want people to have the experience of someone being well-meaning and really kind and just listening to me and nodding but like really not deeply helping me.
1: Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. I, yeah, without question. And I think I think you actually just helped me click in with something as you're saying that. Yes, it, if I feel like I'm not helping somebody, that to me is just an, a terrible feeling. Like mm-hmm. if they're just sitting in my office and it, nothing's really shifting or changing, then um, then either, yeah, something's got to shift because I'm not going to be able to hold like like, awesome space for them if, if that's the feeling I'm getting in session. Yeah,
0: so. and I think that's um, – I, I think it's so fascinating because there's so many different styles of, of therapy, right? There's people that are, that are more client-centered. Um, there's people that are more somatic. There's people that are um, more CBT. There's all these different ways of helping. Um, and a lot of times when people talk about the idea of looking at outcomes – looking at, well, how is this impacting the client? They feel like it must be something that's very like CBT oriented, you know, like, well, we look at your symptoms and, you know, that there's some kind of, you know, algorithm that you use for that. But at the very core of it is this relational piece of you feel it when somebody's shifting Yeah. and feel it when somebody's not. Mm -hmm. And when somebody's not shifting and you don't, Continue that like feedback loop, right? It's a disconnection. It's like a, this, like there's something that happens. And so, so I think sometimes as therapists, because of how we were trained, we're taught to soothe, just completely soothe that feeling without giving it actually, like just, well, you know, you're doing the best you can and they're doing the best that they can and you're just going to give it space and, you know, it's okay because, you know, you're seeing a hundred clients a month. Um, and you only have 42 minutes with them or whatever the dynamic is in our, um, practicums and internships versus like, yeah, no, you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to do all the work. Like it is not your job to change and shift this person, but it is your job to like be aware. And it is your job to like have that feedback loop and really talk through and figure out What would it take for this person to get shift and change? And would they be better served elsewhere? And Mm -hmm. what would it look for them to, like, is it actually more beneficial for them not to be in therapy in this moment? If they're not getting benefit out of it, like, Mm -hmm. would it be better for them to spend that time at the gym or go on for a walk? Like, there's probably a lot of other things they could be doing with that time. Would that be more productive than sitting Mm -hmm. and and staying stuck, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that piece is so so powerful, you know. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And I have I've absolutely referred out and said, you know what, we're not moving anywhere right now. So let's yeah. look at some other options. And I do I do believe that's so important to our profession as a whole to, you know, at least advocate for the shift and change in the clients and
0: Ooh. work towards that. <clears throat> yeah. What um, is like the what is something that was unexpected about your process of building your private practice and, and working with your clients? Like what's something that's like delightful and unexpected that you wouldn't have, that you, that you weren't like prepared or excited about, but you're like, Oh, I didn't even realize when I started all of this, that it could be this lovely to be providing counseling and, and doing the work I love in Orlando and right here and all of that. Like what's something that, Surprised and delighted you.
1: Oh well, I think um, the community of therapists in this area um, has been one of the aha moments of for me doing this work. Um, so I, I, I was in California actually, not far. I was in Oceanside um, when I after I graduated from college and moved back here. So I almost had to restart my community of people again, and. Um, and I, uh, started in the EMDR training after sensory motor training. I started EMDR here cause there was not a sensory motor community. Mm-hmm. And I would say that, um, it's this, it being plugged in with this community and their support and their kindness and their generosity and consultation and all of that mm-hmm. helps me continue to hold space for the clients that I work with. Um, And uh, because, I mean, I'm in the trenches with these, this trauma and the anxiety, and I need to be able to also have space held for me as well. And, um, and so it was kind of just this, like, it's, I kind of feel like I have stepped into this warm, supportive community in Orlando that, um, that was, I was just, I just wasn't expecting that. I just didn't know that that was going to be part of my journey. And now I have like, Consultants um, and friends, and just a really strong community of people to help me do, um, to support me in doing the work I do with my clients.
0: I love everything about this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And what is the? What has been like? Even I was like, I was like, well, I want to ask that question. So, what do you think has been? like the, the piece about building your business, even with boot camp, that you've like been surprised at how hard it was. Um, even with the support, what was like that? Were there any like sticky points where you're like, wow, I've got all the structure and I've got all these, um, I've got all the support, but like, wow, this is, this is a harder part of like building a practice than I really realized. Um, and wow, like this is, this is like it was a surprise me. Okay. That is so easy.
1: Um that is my stuff. <laughs> my my limiting beliefs, my blocking beliefs, my own anxieties, my own self-doubt, and all of that. Boy, will being in business and private practice put your feet to the fire when it comes to <laughs> recognizing your own stuff and seeing it. So Um, Even with the structure, even with all of the help and all of the support, um, there are clients that obviously feel feel familiar to me because it's a similar journey that I've had. Um, And, and like raising rates, saying my rate, all of that stuff. Like I can, well, I've worked through most of it now or at least this layer of the onion of it at this point. But I mean, I could feel at times the quiver in my voice of like, oh wow am I really worth that am I really that valuable and you know and do I know you know do I know what I'm doing imposter syndrome all of that so that um that is something I have had to really um I guess allow me to go into my own deeper work so I'm not going to let it hold me back it's not going to pull me out of private practice um it will make me anxious (laughs) (laughs) then I will do the work that I need to do to work through it because, because this is, this is my life's work. So this is, this is what I'm doing. <laughs>
0: yeah, I love it. I love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to someone else who is considering boot bootcamp? Um, whether they are where you were um, last year of just getting started or actually let's start there. If they're where you were last year, they're just kind of getting started, just getting their feet wet. What would your advice be if they were trying to decide about boot camp?
1: Well, I would say do it. Um, <clears throat> even in the short amount of time I was in private practice before I started boot camp, I would set a policy, change the policy, change my rate in my head, change my sliding scale rate in my head. like I just wasn't sure, and so um I just feel like. Boot camp early on saved me a lot more saved me from a lot more of that Like mm-hmm. not sure about this changing this changing that should I do this should I do that? I just became certain like that just mm-hmm. went away. I had the structure. I knew what to do and I just started doing it So that part of the doubt was mm-hmm. gone. I didn't have to deal with it anymore So I would recommend that for sure if somebody starting out save yourself the time the energy the money I mean, I raised, I I asked for my full rate, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I just saved so much time, energy and money by doing boot camp early on.
0: Yeah, well, and even as you were describing, being early in practice and having just a few clients and having them all be sliding scale. And like, I know what that means, right? Financially, like that doesn't provide an income, like at all, like it doesn't. Um, and then to hear you talking about, oh, and I have my consultants and I have this and I have my space and all of that, there, that is money is a resource, right? It's a resource that allows us to get what we need. And that includes good clinical training <laughs> and good yeah. clinical consultation and a space that works and a, a website that reaches out to clients and all of those things. And I think sometimes as therapists, we get really bogged down in this number issue Mm -hmm. Because this number feels like an hourly rate, right? Like, oh my gosh, if I went and got an employment job and they were paying me this much per money, like, you know, this much per hour, like that would be insane. But when you actually do the work in boot camp of looking at all the, where you're spending your time and what you're needing and you start to get clarity of people aren't just paying me for that hour that they're spending with me. Mm-hmm. They're paying me for the time that happens outside. They're paying me for the clinical training. They're paying me for the consultation so I can really be prepared for them. Um, like I have to either hire someone to do my bookkeeping or do my bookkeeping. I have to hire someone to do my marketing. or have to do my marketing. Like this is part of the expenses of running a business. And so you see what that hourly rate that you put out publicly, like what that really means at the end of the day right? Yep. It's not a 40 hour <laughs> kind of a job in that same way, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I write, I write a lot of blogs too. And I feel like that's a great resource for my clients as well. And so,
0: I mean, well, your clients and your community, I mean, we were looking at the stats of your website um, and you're getting a lot of people viewing your website mm-hmm. and it's just over a year old. And where you're at on the website rankings and the amount of people that are connecting with you is just absolutely fantastic. Um, So it's really exciting to see that for sure Um, and see how, just how quickly you've been able to do this. And um, I actually had this like weird moment. It was really interesting uh, because I was going through and just checking in um, in the we have a Facebook group that was just for the people that were part of the 2018 cohort, and so I was going through and like tagging people like hey check in, and I was like wait, Lauren just started in 2018. That can't be right. I feel like she's been <laughs> there for so much longer. Like wait, wow, she's. Done. And then I went back and I looked at our, um, I think even in notes from the interview. I think I was able to pull up, and I was like, oh my gosh. Like And it was just so naturally you moved into that when you had that structure. So it's just been really um, lovely to watch that and how much you've been tied into the community and connecting with everybody. And um, it's really a testament to, I think, that piece that you talked about, about when your stuff came up, that you doubled down on working through your stuff, right? Um, I get that question a lot from people that are interviewing for boot camp about like, well, what could get in the way? Um, like who doesn't do well in boot camp? And I think that like to like sum it all up, it's the people that when their stuff comes up, they don't lean into it and like use boot camp to work through it or go and do their therapy to work through it. They get into a shutdown and overwhelm and they just pull back from the whole experience, right? um if you just completely like go into shutdown and usually during the interview i can suss out what people are like and be able to say hey i could see that this could be triggering and could you agree to do this when that happens you know because that's the the most common piece is that people go into shutdown it's not going to then they won't do the boot camp <laughs> you know it'll take them a no. little while to come back around and get the results that they want yeah <sighs> Awesome. And then any advice that you have for people that are starting out, like even like who are where you were before you even open your private practice, who are out there going like, I don't know, should I do it? It seems like it's a bad time in the economy or whatever the Mm -hmm. things that, you know, maybe this is unsafe. What advice would you have for someone who's a complete newbie who's thinking about starting up?
1: Yeah, do it. Absolutely. <laughs> Just do it. Um, really, if, if money is an issue, that's even more the reason to do it. Um, because I I mean, it's funny. I had, I have, I'm married. I have a husband. I had to talk to him about this. And so we had to talk about it and weigh it out. And he was like, so grateful that I did this because well, number one, I made more money. And number two, I was more calm and mm-hmm. just secure and uncertain about things until my buttons got pushed and then I freaked out again. And, and so we know how that goes. But yeah. I would say do it. Save, save yourself the heartache, the time, invest the money, invest in it. This is your business. This is your life. Um, make the investment.
0: Mm-hmm. It will pay you back in dividends. Mm. And then um, a final question, not that this is all about bootcamp, but I mean, I just love the answers because I'm like, Oh, I'm curious. And then right now for you, like you said, you're almost full. Um, like you are, you have such certainty about all these different pieces of your practice. How is, how are you using bootcamp or are you using bootcamp today um, as you move forward in your private practice? You've already been through it for a year. Like, how do you see boot camp impacting you in this next year in 2019?
1: Well, um <clears throat> so I'm still I'm I'm still refining things in my private practice. And I still go back into boot camp and when um so I use the marketing plan, I go in there, I do all the things and then in the next round of marketing plan, I have new things that I need to do, so I'll go back into the boot camp and and read the um the stuff and watch the videos and all of that because there's no way you can do it in one sitting. Um, it's, a, it's a process. It's a resource that you can revisit over and over again, which I do. And, um, and you know, once I kind of get things dialed in, I'm going to level up. I want to do the next thing. I want to, I love writing. I want to write a book. And I am certain that boot camp is going to be a part of that for me because they have, you have multiple streams of income, passive income stuff available. And so, yeah, I can see this being a part of my journey for quite some time now.
0: Wonderful. So if you um, know people over in Orlando um, or you're new to Orlando, check out Lauren Hahn. Um, She is a wonderful uh, resource for anxiety and trauma and attachment um, she's also a great resource for referrals to other people because she knows what she's great at and she refers out the things that are not part of her, um, part of her process, which is great. Um, thank you so much for coming and sharing today, Lauren. Like, I so, so appreciate you being here. Um, and for those of you who are uh, listening and you want to find out more about Bootcamp, you can go to um, bschoolbootcamp.com forward slash about. Um, to learn more and to schedule an interview, um, boot camp kicks off March 12th which is like a month away. Wow. so schedule your interview today um, we 've sold out six times, um, so that 's pretty exciting we 've been doing this for um, this will be our seventh year something like that wow. um, of doing boot camp, which is crazy. Um, so if you want to make sure that you can be a part of things for 2019, um, go get signed up for an interview. There's no pressure about that. There's no, I had someone message me the other day and go like, if I sign up and I don't want to do it, do I still have to pay you? I'm like, no, like <laughs> that's weird. Well, if I sign up and like, I decide I want to do it during the interview, do I have to give you my credit card right then? No, not <laughs> like that. Like, it's really just like a conversation to see if it makes sense for you. And then after the fact, you know, we'll send you a private link and you can get enrolled um, when and if you wish. So no kinds of weirdness about that. Maybe we should be taking credit cards over the phone, but we haven't got time for that. Um, That's just no fun. So all that good stuff. Uh, So until next time, guys, have a wonderful, fantastic day. Be happy and practice. Yay!